Today's episode 58 is being brought to you by the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. I remember the moment I opened the email and I saw that we were approved for iTunes and that we went live. And I just stood quietly at my kitchen counter, almost a little teary-eyed, knowing this was the beginning of something big. And I felt it. Deep down, I knew that God was using me to create something bigger than my own vision, a platform that would outlive me and begin to help others in the black community and all around the globe really to rise above and go way beyond. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello and welcome to our celebration episode brought to you by the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. So as many of you know, today marks a very special day. It's a day we're officially celebrating our first birthday for the Trailblazers podcast. And we're also welcoming and acknowledging our very first sponsor today. I know other podcasts struggle with the transition to bringing on sponsors. It's truly a very difficult uh, task and undertaking. And I was deliberate not to do so in our first year, simply because I wanted to be certain that we found the right fit and would bring on a partner that brought tremendous value to the podcast and to our programming. And I know without a doubt that God brought an angel by the name of Sean Dove into my life and into this podcast. And for those of you who don't know, Sean is our episode 16 guest. So definitely go back and check that episode out. He is the CEO of the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. It's a national membership network of over 5,000 individuals and 3,000 organizations. And CBMA is here to remind us that there's no cavalry coming to save the day in our communities. We are the iconic leaders we've been waiting for and the curators of the change we're seeking to see. I invite you to learn more about the groundbreaking work of the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. Please visit TBPod dot com slash black male achievement to learn more about this amazing sponsoring partner of the trailblazers podcast and we're certainly going to be sharing a lot more about our partnership in the coming days and weeks ahead one year 50 plus guests and as of the time of the episode going live we've now been downloaded tens of thousands of times in 89 countries around the world that's pretty crazy there are many of you listening to our podcast for the first time today and i'd like to extend a warm trailblazers welcome to you this episode goes live on the last day of black history month in February of 2017. And maybe it was God's plan to do so because of the message it sends, right? You see, you see, I've heard it repeated several times over this month that we should be celebrating Black history all year long and not just one month out of the year. And I agree. And I want you to know that we've done just that here for the past year. In fact, each and every Monday morning for the past 57 consecutive weeks, we have brought you on a journey, allowing you access to go inside the minds and hear the stories of today's most accomplished Black trailblazers who are also today's Black history makers. 
I've racked my brain thinking of how we would produce today's episode. We had over 50 amazing trailblazers from all walks of life, different professions, varied experiences, and like 50 plus shades of success. And I do encourage you to go back and listen if you are already a listener. Maybe you want to go back and listen to a few of those episodes again. You know, the ones you really felt like the guest was somehow speaking to just you. Like there's a spotlight on you in that message. I, I certainly had a few of those myself. And I've shared with others that I felt as though I earned a degree from the experiences, the wisdom, the successes, and definitely the failures of many of these individuals. There's so much lessons in those failures, right? And we'll talk about that in a second. But, you know, the Trailblazers podcast has this unique semi-formatted structure. There are questions that I will repeat again and again. And what I was hoping for, uh, what I was hoping to happen actually did. We began to see um, those recurring themes and habits between Trailblazers. And I love that because it's cool when you hear one person share their journey and share a cool way, um, tip or technique about how they arrived at their win. But when you began to hear three, five, ten, a dozen different people share the exact same thing, the exact same habit or mindset or strategy, it began to set off these light bulb moments, right? And it began to trigger action for me. And I've heard from several several of you, our listeners, who shared very similar experiences and, and, and revelations, right? And so I thought it'd be great for us today in this episode to share a few sound bites from the best themes that came through this year. But before I do, I thought we could have a little fun, right? And do a little trivia for those those who have been our diehard listeners this over this past year. So, so here goes. We've got a woman's voice who does the jingle for the Trailblazers intro at the top of each and every episode of the podcast. And my question to you is, whose voice is it? Is it one, my sister, Stephanie? Is it two, a hired voiceover? Is it three, my wife, Kristen? Or is it four, another podcaster? What do you think? <laughs> Be sure to stick around. I'll share the answer with you guys in just a few minutes. Listen, baby. Ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river. Oh man, did I did I tip off the answer? I guess you'll need to stick around to find out. So Anyhow, many of you listening are working professionals who are in various stages of your career today, right? And all too often you and I we see these stories or we hear these stories in the media of black athletes, musicians, celebrities, and really mega successful business professionals we read about in Black Enterprise Magazine and, and, and Forbes and, and the like. And it often seems like we're worlds apart, right? Like somehow maybe they got lucky or they were blessed to have been born into money and fame. And I haven't had the chance yet to interview any mega celebs or, you know, mega wealthy billionaires. Uh, but some of the interviews that we've had with trailblazers on this podcast are folks that are achieving wins at the highest levels. Some even running successful companies earning tens of millions each year. So there is a base for us to begin to understand a common foundation among trailblazers. And one of the, the first themes that came through and I was able to uncover is that trailblazers 
have a vision and a clearly defined objective or goals, right? And it might not have been expressly stated as such in the interviews, but it became clear to me that success didn't always equate or equal material things. Yes, those material things and monetary gains often came by way of their success, but success and winning wasn't just monetary for them, right? Some of you heard me in episode 15 talk about tapping into your acres of diamonds. And I love the wisdom of Earl Nightingale. And I often reference back to his definition of success, which he said is the progressive realization of a worthy goal back in the 50s, right? And that definition today still appears well with the guests I've interviewed. If you've got your sights fixed on a specific goal and you're progressing toward that goal, you are already succeeding. You're already a success. Even before you've arrived at this stated end goal in your mind. All too often, you and I, you know, we push through life's routines. Sometimes, unfortunately, you know, we're doing it aimlessly, right? And, and we lack the clear vision and the goal in our minds. But that's not the case with trailblazers. Their mindset's different. They have vision and often that vision is fueled by a purpose, right? Notice I said nothing about money or status in the description and definition I just shared. And I'm going to share two examples with you guys. In episode seven, Craig the Barber shares what success was for him. Take a listen to this. Um, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a young man, uh, my uh, old neighbor of mine in Atlanta, Georgia, asked me to come over and cut his brother's hair that was in town. And his brother asked, uh, if I can cut his hair, you know, do whatever I wanted to do. And I asked him, is there anything you wanted specific? He said, no, just go at it. So I cut his hair and I asked him, just go to the bathroom and take a look at it. And I went and followed him to the bathroom and he looked at me. He looked in the mirror and he was just his entire face changed. And that moment of how he felt about how well, how good he looked, you just saw confidence just shoot out of him. Um, and that made me feel really good. Funny enough, that same day, I just closed a really big deal at the bank when I used to work in the banking business. And that felt good. But when I cut this guy's hair and I saw his face after I finished cutting his hair, that felt better than any deal I closed. And that was the moment I said, wait a second, I think I think I figured it out. I think I found what I want to do. And guys, Craig wasn't the only one, right? Other folks found similar success beyond money. In fact, there were others like episode 25 with Melissa Carter, who left a rewarding job in the music industry and embarked on a weight loss journey that saw her shed over 150 pounds. And for the past year, Melissa is traveling all over the world. She's traveling all over the globe, helping others to heal and see similar transformations. And that's success, right? In her world. In that clip I shared a moment ago with Craig, you heard Craig share his passion for barbering. And he talked about you know, that greater sense of satisfaction that he got from cutting hair, which offered him more than him just simply checking the box on a day job. And I found that, I found that tied together well with this piece from our episode 17, Dr. Jason Carthen. Check this out. So guys, the purpose is important for sure, but what do trailblazers do with their goals and their vision, right? Most all of them, got those ideas out on paper, but I found several who created vision boards. And I've heard of vision boards in the past before starting this podcast, but I never did one personally until I heard our episode 47, uh, the queen boss herself, Lucinda Cross, who shared this nugget of wisdom. Check this out. A vision board. Oh my goodness. I love them. They are something that inspires me. A vision board is where you put your goals, G-O-A-L-S, your goals in living color in front of your face. What does your next look like? And so you can cut out 
and get yourself in the energy of already receiving the desires um, mm. of your heart. And it also helps in terms of planning and, and planning for success and setting yourself up for success um, despite what you are going through and your current situation. And it's it, some people call, consider it a collage. They call it their dream board. They put their dreams up there. Some people call it their passion board, their faith board, uh, whatever you call it. This vision board allows you to place your vision, take it out of your mind, take it out of your heart and put it in living color in front of you so that you can see what's next for you. And it's, it's a fun exercise. Right. No, this is great. I love I love the idea because I'm a visual person as well. You mm-hmm. know, so I love to see things right in front of me. And it's mm-hmm. a little bit more interesting based on the way you explain it just now than me just writing out goals, right? Yes. Um, though I'm I'm a very task oriented person. Ask most of these trailblazers that listen to me day in and day out, they, they hear me <laughs> talk about Asana and Evernote till they're probably sick. <laughs> but you know, I, I have a couple thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thinking, okay, you know, this looks pretty, but how is it actually going to help me achieve my goals in got the it. coming year? Got it, got it, got it. Now that's that's the tricky part because everyone, right. well, my vision board didn't work for me last year. Mm. Here's the or thing. you didn't work it's, the vision board. <laughs> right, you didn't work the vision board. It's not, you know, it's not a Ouija board. You're not putting it up there and it's saying, you know, go to the left at 12 o'clock. No, it, this thing, you have to, it's not the vision board that's, and I share it all the time. It's not the vision board that's the problem. It's the visionary. Wow. And so the vision, Re- repeat everything. Repeat that one that, more time for me. Listen. <laughs> it's not the vision board that's the problem. It's the visionary. Amen. Because <laughs> everything that we are surrounded by, Everything, if you just stop, those who are listening, and look around... Everything that you see, that you touch, started from someone's vision, whether they called it a blueprint, whether they called it a structure, the building that you're in, the house that you're living in, it all started with a vision. We are um, an example of what God's vision board looks like, you know, as as people. Mm -hmm. So this thing, everything that has been created has started with someone's mind. So it's your job as the visionary to say, okay, I put this wonderful, um, I put this house up on my vision board. This is, I want to get a house for 2017. So now what is the action steps that you need to take? And people forget about the steps and the work that's required. So the house is not just going to drop in your lap. Now your dream house is calling you just as much as you're calling it. I remember Mm -hmm. reading a quote before and and now it's my quote because I don't, you know, I took my own pieces (laughs) and added to it. But the, the quote is, the dream has chosen you more than you have chosen it. And that's a beautiful thing to know that your dreams want you just as much as you want it. Your vision wants to come to fruition for you just as much as you want to see it for yourself. But a lot of people forget to do the work. You can't just slap a picture up on the board. That's nice. But what are you going to do to get there? What are the steps that you're going to take? And a lot of it has to do with mindset over money. Mindset over money coming up again, guys. I hope you guys caught that. I I love that Lucinda shared the concept of the vision board and helping us to to take steps to get our ideas out of our head onto paper, onto a board, onto something you know we can see and um and work towards, right? But she also made a very great point in saying that the vision board isn't the problem. The problem is the visionary. We have to execute. We've got to get past the planning phase and take the steps and action that's required. And one of our guests who articulated this best was episode 34, Nicole McLaren Campbell, who shares this. Be committed to learning as much as you can about the scene, as much as 
you plan about whatever it is that you're going to deliver and then commit yourself to continuous learning. Then make a plan and take a step. I always say that results happen in action, not in planning. You know, everybody wants to wait until the conditions are perfect uh-huh. and you want to wait until, you know, you, you have everything lined up and you want to wait until you know everything and it's perfect. And, you know, that's not happening. So <laughs> you need to take a step. I love the Martin Luther, Luther King quote that sometimes you can't always see the entire staircase. All you need to do, be able to do is take see the first, first step. step. In other words, take the step and you would be shocked at how things just start coming together. It's like, you know, God aligns things, universe aligns things. You start to talk to people about your dreams. You start to do things. You start to then meet people who can help you along that path. So again... You can hear the passion and the purpose in these ladies and, 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 and what they were sharing in those clips just a minute ago. But execution is also something that they're just as passionate about. It's not just simply checking the box on, on doing something, right? It's making sure that they crush it, right? Episode two, my best friend, one of my lifelong BFFs, Dwayne Watkins, made this point clear when he said this. What my grandmother told me, she said, Dwayne, just go out there and do your best. And that has been my motivation every time I pick up that camera. I have to do the best. I have to do the best. I, ha- I have to know that, you know, getting close enough is not good enough for me. We have to hit that mark that we're called to hit every, every single day. So guys, begin to envision your goals. Begin to document your purpose and steps forward. Begin to take the action and execute Right, with just as much passion to hit that mark and have the faith like episode 36, Tiffany Sutherland, my homegirl, who reminds us that the net will appear as you start to take the leap. So talking about the leap, we've had so many entrepreneurs and business owners on the podcast who have all shared a ton of wisdom. If you are an employee today and you're considering going into business at some point in the near future, you're you're definitely going to want to listen to several episodes that are all really powerful. I literally could not do justice in summarizing those episodes because of the amazing wisdom in some of these, um, in, in, in some of what was shared, right? So here's my rundown on maybe the baker's dozen that you've got to hear as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and even as a leader that will certainly impact you and, and help in your growth, right? First one is absolutely has to be episode 27, uh, Tamika Montgomery who was a prior appointee on the Obama administration in the small business administration. And she went deep into the resources available to us around doing market research and the resources from the different agencies under the SBA, right? Your local SBDCs, even touching on mentorship available to us through score chapters. And I wanted to share this clip from Tamika's episode where she talked about, you know, the shift in our mindset that needs to happen when we're going from being an employee to becoming an entrepreneur. Check this out. You know, I think um, this journey, because it really is a journey. It is. Uh, <laughs> but I think, you know, if you, I, I always like to put ideas in buckets. So if you put it in two buckets, I think there is the business acumen piece, right? Learning what it means to run a business, understanding marketing, understanding your financials, those types of things. And that's what we're here for, right? That's what the SBDCs and SCORE and the Women's Business Centers and the VBOX are there to help supplement it and really help you develop your business acumen. The other piece of it is around the mindset of the individual. Mm-hmm. How do you shift that person from thinking uh, from an employee 
mm-hmm. way of thinking to thinking in terms of an entrepreneur. Um, and I think that that is a different shift. I think we try to help support that. But I do think that, you know, as somebody who is looking to make that shift into the entrepreneurial world, um, recognizing that there are resources out there and beginning to access those resources, but then also kind of thinking, looking internally and beginning to think about what are the shifts in thinking that needs to occur. Um, It's interesting, last week, so as a part of the administration, one of the things that the White House does for political appointees is they host a number of leadership transition trainings. And so Mm -hmm. they asked SBA to host a session on starting your own business because naturally maybe a lot of appointees may want to do that. And one, one question someone asked me or asked us, the panel was, you know, do you think, does it make sense to start your business while you're still working for someone and then transition out. And so we all had different viewpoints on the panel. And one of the things that I said is really you have to look at your own self, you know, Mm-hmm. Are you one of the things that a job does is it gets us it can get us comfortable in kind of receiving that that paycheck. paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. And so as that's coming in, the your it can mess up your hustle, right? Well if you don't right. and then, but if you don't have that but have the hustle right. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing this anyway. <laughs> right. But if you don't have that that money then you're you're gonna have to hustle, right? I've spoken right. to some entrepreneurs and they were like failure was not an option and so that's they right press forward hard but that to me speaks to that that mindset Pete absolutely Um, and so and I think part of gaining that shifting mindset is when you are when you engage yourself around other entrepreneurs and you begin to see how they think and how they approach and begin to adapt some of those things for your own self as a motivator all right, so another great episode for those that would like to take the entrepreneurial leap was episode 21, Indigo Ocean, who had this amazing nugget of wisdom to share. Two things are foundational, and then other things become important after that. They need to figure out, do they want to create a job for themselves, a great job, or do they want to create a business for themselves. If you create a job for yourself, that means you basically go out and you say, aren't I great? Look, I'm the best at this. You want to hire me because I'm going to do it for you the best. And they may get lots of clients and customers, like, but they're coming for them, which means even five years from now, when people can't sell the business, right, right. Not only can they not sell it, they can't even not show up for work. They, they are an employee. They just happen to also be the boss. And maybe that's what you want. Some people are more freelancers in nature. They just want to do the actual service delivery and they want it to be all around their identity and they want to be known as like they are the best at this. They're more of the craftsman or freelancer and that's fine. So decide if that's in fact what you want. It's a very lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And it's a wonderful lifestyle. You're build, you just need to know that you're just building a really great income. You're building a fantastic job where you have a lot of freedom and creativity and things like that. You're not building an asset. So right. if 20 years from now you decide to stop working, you have whatever you save just as if you had a job and that's it. And, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. So if that's what you want, don't feel like you have somehow a lesser aspiration. <laughs> the, 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 the greatest aspiration for you is the one that makes you happy. Okay. 
But some people, the aspiration that would make them happy is building up a business, building of an asset that they can sell, having people work for them, having this system that they've created that lives on without them, seeing that they can do this, that they can have all these moving parts of different people playing different roles and that they can manage all of that and that they can grow it into something that's greater than, than them. And that they could then either sell it and take that money and, and do something else, or they don't even have to sell it. They could work it the rest of their lives. They just have that, that extra asset that's always there providing an extra security. And, and really they do it more for the love of the game, right? So right. if you love the entrepreneurial game itself, you right. probably more want to have a business than uh, more of a freelancer lifestyle. And you definitely must listen to episode 38's award-winning CEO, Miko Branch of Miss Jessie's. We had a ton of wisdom on, on the topic of entrepreneurship. There really wasn't, you know, any one clip that I, I could pick apart. You might even hear some other ones throughout this episode, but definitely listen to her episode. Um, if you're considering getting into any sort of business partnership, you absolutely need to listen to and get yourself in front of episode 39's Kwame Christian, amazing guy, one of my master, masterminds. Uh, group members and just a ton of wisdom around helping you guys to plan and structure a business partnership. Mindset's everything for me when I reflect on and all of these episodes, right, where we, we spoke with business owners and entrepreneurs. And I'm reminded of the words of episode two, one of my best friends for life, Dwayne Watkins, when Dwayne said, and I quote, I made a promise that I would never update my resume again. Guys, that pretty much sums up the attitude of most of these trailblazers. They burn the ships that they're on with their day jobs when they take the leap into entrepreneurship and they know that they have to absolutely take the island. So if you want to get into running your own business someday, just know you've got to get your head in the game because your competition is not just going to go away when you get in business and you're going to have to fight for your share of their pie, right? One of the most accomplished business owners and guests of the podcast was episode 11, David Moody. And that's an absolute must listen for anyone listening to this podcast, whether you're young or old working in corporate America or pursuing the road of, of becoming a business owner. David is the owner of one of America's largest black owned businesses, CD Moody Construction in Atlanta. And David has helped to build a large number of Atlanta's landmarks and buildings, all the stadiums and, and arenas and, and just these amazing projects. And there are so many nuggets of wisdom in that episode. But here's a clip that I am sure you'll enjoy. Maybe share with us some of the lessons you learned, right? While navigating some of those early challenges and failures of running a business. Uh, I learned a lot. One, patience. Two, keeping my faith in what I was doing and keeping my faith in a higher being because it gets pretty discouraging at times. Right. Being smart with your money, save your money, build your credit so banks will work with you, mm -hmm. deliver outstanding product, uh, be fair, be honest, um, have fun. Don't take yourself so serious. Right. Um, keep learning. And I, I learned very early to give back and help others and expect nothing in return. So another guest that every listener considering buying a business should listen to is episode 33, Ace Chapman, who talked about the ideas, yeah, I just said it, about buying a business versus building one. Ace definitely challenged our natural inclination as entrepreneurs who try to build from scratch. And he pointed out the option exists and the opportunities are there to purchase an already profitable 
mature business. And there was, you know, just so much wisdom in that episode. Episode 20 with Kelly Leonard, uh, who's a good friend of mine here in Maryland, uh, shared the power of building a presence on LinkedIn and, and how you're able to, you know, begin to build relationships and, and, and truly build revenue in your business from relationships uh, through LinkedIn. Episode 37, Ike Anderson uh, did an amazing job at sharing how he went about building a very successful marketing agency around specific niche groups. Uh, you know, so you definitely want to check that episode out. Episode 50, Sheree Warwick talked about the six parts of an investable business plan. And she recently helped a close friend of mine just a couple weeks ago, get a business plan done in a very short window of time. And so if you need her to help you, you know, put a plan together, I know she's amazing at it. And you know, you won't, you won't regret that decision. Episode 13 with Everett Taylor was another important episode. This is a, a mastermind at marketing and growth hacking. And Everett talked about the importance of product market fit and ensuring that, you know, before you get into to, to business, you have to make sure that you have the right market to fit your particular product, right? There has to be a product market fit. The two have to agree. Episode 14 with Clarence Wooten uh, was another great episode for entrepreneurs. He talked about the goal as an entrepreneur being to turn a grape into a watermelon. Crazy concept, right? And he talked about not wanting to own, you know, we shouldn't want to own 100% of a grape, but instead we should really be looking to own 25 to 30% of a watermelon and doing so by leveraging other people's time and money and effectively going about raising capital for your business, right? Episode six, Dale and Spratt, loved these three simple fundamentals that, you know, became his motto of doing business. He shared you know, um, the importance of, of finding a way or making one and being consistent and being personable and offering great customer service. And he summed it up as make it happen always with a smile on your face. And the my baker's dozen episode 12 is uh, Forbes 30 under 30 CEO, uh, Candice Mitchell, who shared this, this wisdom to always believe in yourself. That said, there are a number of social entrepreneurs and organizations who are working hard, right, to implement solutions for solving social and cultural issues that are affecting black communities. I wanted to take a minute to give recognition to three of our guests who are working really hard for our young black men and boys. Um, episode 32, Alvin Irby and his Barbershop Books Initiative. Uh, episode 46, Marissa Renee Lee of the My Brother's Keeper Alliance. And episode 16, my brother and my friend, Sean Dove of the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. Interestingly enough, thinking back about it uh, as I'm, I'm recording this, I met Sean on Twitter almost a year ago this week on a night Alvin's barbershop books got covered in a CNN article. And that night, Sean sent me a direct message over Twitter and said, I've been looking for your podcast for the last six months. I was thinking I'd have to start a podcast had you not done so. And that became the beginning of a terrific friendship, right? Between Sean and I and a partnership. And most recently, uh, I, I'd just love to share this story. I found myself driving to work one morning thinking and reasoning with God, right, in my head uh, about my belief in, in the work of this podcast and needing more resources to focus on on being able to grow or reach and expand the, the platform. Because truth be told, Trailblazers is a labor of love. You know, this is a side project that I do at nights and on weekends that generates no income. And so as I'm driving, as I'm having this conversation with my head, in my head with God, 
I get to work. And within an hour of sitting at my desk that morning, I got an email from Sean saying, Stephen, we want to go ahead and bless you with some resources and begin a partnership with Trailblazers. And I have goosebumps right now just even thinking back about this. And that's why I believe Sean is one of the angels of this platform. Uh, you know, this, this, this story is confirmation to Sean's own advice in episode 16 when he said that we have to be careful about what we declare because it just may appear, right? Sean has also been instrumental over time being a sponsor for me and Trailblazers podcast by introducing us to numerous other amazing Trailblazers, including episode 46, Marissa Rainey Lee, and several other upcoming future guests. And so I'm just, you know, so proud uh, to have the Campaign for Black Male Achievement be the sponsors of this very episode. And instead of reading, you know, another ad, I thought to, to play you, you know, I thought to play you this clip that in Sean's own words expands upon, you know, what I shared earlier about CBMA and gives you a little bit more perspective on the CBMA story. Take a listen to this. For sure. So the Campaign for Black Male Achievement was established in 2008 at a foundation called the Open Society Foundations. And right. that's the philanthropy of George Soros, who you may have heard of, Hungarian-born billionaire. And his philanthropy really focused around social justice and investing in uh, the most marginalized populations across the nation. And CBMA was created to invest in and shift how black men and boys were having experiences in the United States and to uh, partner with a bunch of organizations that were looking to say, how do we improve the life outcomes of black men and boys? It was supposed to be a three-year initiative in uh, 2008, but through a lot of hard work, we managed to spin it off and extend it into an independent entity. And, That's awesome. And our mission, essentially, is a membership of organization. We have about 5,000 individual members and about 3,000 organizational uh, uh, members. But we really exist to ensure that the growth and sustainability and impact of leaders and organizations committed to improving life outcomes of black men and boys, that their, their work grows. What I saw, Stephen, was that when we launched the campaign, there was a growing cry around the country for us just to change the outcomes and the disparities that black men and boys have historically faced in the United States. And I saw that we were asking leaders and organizations that were under-resourced, not connected to deliver uh, outcomes that, that they had, they didn't have the infrastructure to do. And so, you know, we're a grant-making organization, and during our time within the foundation, we uh, invested about $100 million across the nation to help wow. build this movement of black male achievement. When I started, folks were saying, well, it's not a field, it's not a movement. And it was my first involvement in philanthropy. And I guess I wasn't smart enough to believe those folks. And I said, you know what? It is a field. It is a movement. And we really worked very intentionally without, with shifting the language to an asset-based language. It wasn't about marginalized men, disconnected dads. We said that we wanted to create something that really tapped into the power, the assets, attributes 
of black men and boys, and we decided to call it the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. And when we started, we really invested in education, strengthening family structures, increasing living wage, uh, work opportunities, grant making. But I will tell you the transformational shift. Like I said, we were a uh, three-year campaign, and Mm -hmm. about halfway through that term, during a board meeting, and this is an example on how your life can change uh, on a given moment, in a given day, in a given meeting. Yes. I made a presentation to the Open Society Foundation Board, and George Soros said, I like what I see. I like the energy of the campaign and how you're growing community. And he took off the term limits, the three-year term limits, and said, we're going to triple your budget. And what he really wow. did was, we went from investing $5 million a year to groups to $15 million a year. And he made a big bet on this issue of uh, black male achievement. But I will say at that time, I realized that, you know, America doesn't need a uh, didn't need a campaign for black male achievement. And what we really needed was what I called a corporation for black male achievement an endowed philanthropic enterprise that could lean into this issue for the long haul. Look, we didn't get here overnight, as you know, right? This is a right. uh, not only a generational issue. This has been a centuries-long uh, right. fight in, in, in the United States. And so what I managed to do with some ingenuity, some courage, was to convince the foundation to uh, spin us off into an independent organization. And with a $10 million investment last year from the Open Society Foundations and contributions from other foundations, we spun off into our own organization. And I had to transfer from being a, what I like to call social entrepreneur to a social entrepreneur. Powerful, powerful stuff. Thanks again, Sean. Guys, I'd be remiss to not discuss the incredible impact that our trailblazers have had uh, by being transparent to share their failures on the podcast. You know, there are way too many stories to share in today's episode, but there are a couple clips I thought were important for me to share, uh, mainly because both have locked themselves into my mind and have truly helped me uh, to get beyond personal hurdles I've encountered this year in, in building the Trailblazers platform. And so the first one comes from episode one, Donald C. Kelly, who is an anchor for me and a mentor for me and and. And someone without whom this podcast probably doesn't happen. And Donald shared this inspiring message we can all take into our daily lives and, and um, into the way in which we, we approach failures and challenges that, that surely do come, right? So when they come, you know, I want you to think back to, to these words from Donald. There's so much more out there. And this is the way that trailblazers can overcome adversities. As you're going around, going down the trails of life or going around your path, you're going to come across differences, difficulties. You're going to come across, say, a down tree in your way or a way where the path is not too clear. You may make a mistake, but it's not the end of the world. You get back up or you get over that obstacle and you keep moving forward. Because the future is brighter than your past. You learn from your past and then you go forward. And I've taken those same principles and I've applied them to TSC. And it's amazing what happens now based on those challenges. So you don't look at a failure as the end. Look at it as a growing or stepping moment into something greater. I love that. So another terrific nugget that 
everyone seeking the road of entrepreneurship must hear uh, came from episode 38 with Miko Branch, who shared this gem on digging for the failures. Check this out. The aspiring entrepreneur to seek other entrepreneurs that they admire and learn their story, learn how they did it dig, find out what it took for them to build our business and see what the similarities are and see if that's something that you can emulate. But also dig for the failures. There's so much wisdom in the failures. You know, oftentimes when we see a success story, we're focused on the luxury, we're focused on the, the riches, we're focused on the success. But I would encourage that aspiring entrepreneur to, to understand um, the failures because that's where I feel like most of the the jewels and the, the wisdom is, is, is hidden within failures. I understand um, where the potholes are. Absolutely. Because, you know, we all, you know, we all want you know, that success. We want to touch on that. But I think, you know, the being an entrepreneur, when you look at it at the success level, it's very sexy. You know, it looks very attractive. It's very sexy. But I don't know if... Um, most of us understand the sacrifices, you know, that it takes to be able to be an entrepreneur and the kind of dedication that you need and the kind of focus and the kind of perseverance that's required, you know, in order for you to be able to, you know, be part of that entrepreneur club. And I think that that needs to be um, spoken to just more, um, that needs to be articulated, I think, a lot better what it really means to be an entrepreneur. And it's not all always driving a great car and living in a mansion somewhere. It's, you know, it's lonely, you know, when, um, you know, you lose your business and, you know, yeah. And I don't think, I'm not sure that people really talk about that part of it, but, um, you know, being an entrepreneur is also not for everyone. It isn't. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it's not for everyone. And particularly as an entrepreneur, it really speaks to who you are as a person. Right. It speaks to, you know, your stamina. It speaks to your dedication. It speaks to your strength. You know, so many things that come in play. And um, you really want to, you know, just get to understand who you are before you embark on, on being an entrepreneur. I think everyone should take a stab at it because... Being an entrepreneur is also a way for you to get to know more about yourself. You're able to see how you how you come out in certain situations. I think it's a good experience. But at the end of the day, being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. And uh, you really got to uh, understand yourself um, very carefully in order to, to stay the course. So guys, I'm nearing the end, but I've got three standouts I wanted to highlight before we began wrapping up. Um, the first was on leadership. And for those of you tasked with growing a team of people, there's no other episode that was as practical and insightful as my dear friend and president of National Journal or episode 45's Kevin Turpin, uh, who, who shared this nugget of wisdom. Check this out. Uh, so my approach to hiring has always been simple, uh, but it can be trusted. Uh, and, and, and number one overall approach is you're only as good as the people that you have on your team. Right. Uh, and I know a lot of people say that. I believe that. I was taught that, again, by, by my mentor there at National Journal and at Atlantic Media Company, which is our holding company. Uh, but thinking about that, really, uh, it all is centered around two things that we recruit for. 
Uh, one is force of intellect. Uh, so I I truly believe that you can tell uh, the intellect of someone just by interviewing them one time and asking specific questions. And really what I'm looking for is when you ask someone a simple question, for example, tell me about something that went wrong uh, in your last job. And if you were if you were in a position to change it, what would you do? Uh, and I'm looking for people who have opinions, who can they don't have to have the right answer, but there is a there is a the way of thinking themselves into a plausible next step scenario. Right. Uh, so that's one thing. Number two is I always recruit for uh, what we call within Atlantic media spirit of generosity. And really what that means is it's a person that's going to have a generous spirit, of course, to the outside world, but also to the internal world. Uh, and when I say internal world, how do you treat your colleagues? If I were to ask your, your last set of colleagues, what was the best thing about working with you? What would they say? If I, if I were to ask them what was the worst thing about working with you, what would they say? And I found that when you recruit for those two things, you end up getting a great mixture of person. You get someone who has ideas, who cares about ideas, um, who will be a contributing member to your team, but at the same time uh, also can work with people, can work on a team to to go after a bigger goal. And that's really hasn't failed me yet. And usually when I do make a mistake in hiring, as everyone does, it's because I ignored one of those things. Uh, and I kick myself for ignoring it. And I probably rationalize why someone should be a good fit. But when ignoring one of those things, it typically always end up ends up price. in someone who isn't a great fit. Right. The second standout came from our episode 49's chef Bryce Flewellen, who had a chance to meet in person just a couple of weeks ago when he uh, actually did a talk here in, in Rockville, Maryland. And Bryce talked about the importance of us all taking our health and wellness seriously. And you have to hear this. When you look at the statistics or when I started to become a little bit closer and conscious of the statistics that were going on in underserved areas, you know, like minorities, particularly Latino and African-Americans, suffer, suffer like three to four times higher from preventable diseases like heart disease, diabetes, and stroke. And I started to, you know, obviously doing the work that I did, started to say, see that, you know, a lot of that, 80% of that is preventable. And a lot of it has to do with contributing to, you know, food and diet right. and people were putting in or putting in their bodies. And as a chef, being, you know, I think of myself as one of the gatekeepers of food, I had an opportunity to be a part of changing that uh, tradition in the communities. And so once I started to look at it from that perspective, you know, it started to become even clearer that, you know, I had a job to do and that, you know, if I knew, you know, some of, you know, and I was educated on the different foods and different diseases that people are suffering from and, and how they contribute, then I could help people, you know, change that. So once that came became clear, I was like, you know, my, that's that has to be my work because I want my work to be something that, you know, is a legacy that helps to really impact people's lives. You know, so when you look at, you know, I work with kids, you know, I have a story of uh, I have so many stories. But one of the things that your question uh, reminded me of, I was just at a school like 
three or four months ago. And I started talking about heart disease and being the number one cause of death in the United States. And one of the little girls, so this is a great, uh, about fourth or fifth grade, and one of the little girls, she just busted out crying. Wow. So I didn't see, you know, I thought maybe one of the kids said something to her and, you know, was teasing her or something like that. So, you know, at the end of the class, you know, one of the coordinators was in the class. He kind of walked her out. And then so at the end of the class, you know, he said, you know what? Um, her father just had a heart attack like wow. a month ago and, and, and uh, a massive heart attack at like 36 and died. Wow. And so, you know, when you started talking about heart disease and it being the number one killer and, you know, of people in the, in the world and in the United States, obviously it touched a nerve and, you know, it wasn't anything bad that you said. It's just something that obviously, you know, she was really close to her father and, um, you know, that touched a nerve with her. Guys, for those of you like me with kids, you know that message hit close to home, right? I'm turning 40 in less than two months. And I really feel like, you know, I'm just getting started. But Bryce's message in that clip is a reminder that you and I, you know, we've, we've all got to take care of our bodies, our temples, because if we don't, we can exit this earth far too soon and miss out on our true potential. So the health and wellness piece was a, a real standout for me. And I thought it was important for you guys to hear that. The last standout today is on the topic of relationships. And this goes beyond just talking about interviews and guests that have come onto the podcast. This podcast, as I shared before, is a labor of love. This isn't a full-time job, and it certainly had a steep learning curve to it. And I would not be here if it weren't for the sponsors like Ashawn Dove and mentors like Donald C. Kelly. Uh, you know, I also have a mastermind group comprised of three other podcasters. In episode 36, Tiffany Sutherland. Episode 39's Kwame Christian. And Rich Jones of the Paychecks and Balances podcast, who, you know, definitely Rich, Rich will be a future guest on the podcast also. And there are a ton of other podcasts and our episode 41 guest, Raina Campbell, uh, Amy J of Chasing Dreams is another very good friend of mine and another key relationship that I have in building this platform. And there's so many others too that, you know, were so instrumental in my growth as a host, as a podcaster. So it's important that in any endeavor we find ourselves pursuing that we surround ourselves with other positive, successful people who can help you to navigate some of the challenges you're going to face. Episode 8, Tyve Small, encourages us to get ourselves a personal board of directors and says that, you know, we need to find sponsors who will help us see our value and begin to help us to open doors and help to guide us. Episode 9, Clarence Bathia, also shared that we must surround ourselves with winners. And when we do, we ourselves start to win. And that's so true. And of course... I couldn't discuss relationships without mentioning you, our past guests and listeners of the podcast. I look forward to meeting each and every one of you at our first Trailblazers Summit, which is on my vision board for some time in 2020. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's humbling to know that someone in Australia is listening to the podcast, someone in Singapore or Romania and other 89 countries around the world that are listening to our podcast. So I just want to say thank you for downloading and listening, you know, all to uh, all our past guests. Thank you for sharing your story. I tried, you know, I, I really honestly did. I tried to, I tried hard to mention as many of you as I could. But if you didn't hear your name called, if you didn't hear a clip, it's absolutely not because you didn't share a powerful message. We just couldn't fit all two and a half days of content. We have 50 something hours of content that I had to create an hour long episode. And so I value you. You are incredibly important to what 
has developed and and been created here. Um, you know, and and so I thank you. Lastly, for our listeners, thank you for continuing to download and listen and engage with us. Uh, you are important to me, and I consider you part of everything that we are doing. And I hope you continue to listen, and I'll, I'll, I'll continue to commit to you that I'll find new ways to help you grow and become the very best possible version of yourselves by way of finding people to provide you continued uh, wealth of knowledge and insights and encouragement and and positive habits to develop, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, let me know, reach out, engage, tell me what you want to hear. You know, I did a, sur- I, I opened a survey recently and I invite everyone listening to do that survey because it tells me who you are and what you want more of, which is really, really important. So thank you. Okay. So Earlier in the call, I threw out a little trivia question for you about who does our Trailblazers intro jingle? And the answer to that question is number three. It's the voice of my wife, Kristen Hart. I just want to say thank you so very much, Kristen. And, you know, it's it's fitting that Kristen would be the one constant in this podcast because that's what she's been in my life over the past 10 years. And I accept this challenge of Sean to share a, a story with you guys. I began my my first business almost 12 years ago. And by the time Kristen and I got married almost nine years ago, we'd already amassed uh, some small, small reaches in that business. Things were going well. In fact, I was preparing to actually purchase a new home for my, my new bride shortly after our wedding. And I want you to imagine with me for a moment the depth to which my heart, mind, and soul sank when our business collapsed in the summer of 2008 three weeks into my marriage. And I went from peak to valley in an instant. I remember sitting on the deck of my honeymoon cruise at 3 a.m. most mornings, and we were in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and I was on a constant dose of Xanax, talking to attorneys and accountants at 9 a.m. on the East Coast, trying to get them to keep me from the legal nightmares that I thought were were surely coming. And imagine the worry that I faced thinking that, you know, my, my new bride was going to pack it in before we could even get our marriage journey started. You know, I felt the world was ending for that 31-year-old Stephen Hart, entrepreneur uh, Stephen Hart, before he even had a chance. And I wish I could tell you that the recovery was quick. I wish I could tell you that I recovered the millions we personally lost. What did happen was we dissolved everything we had um, to make our clients and our commitments whole. I swallowed my pride and I went from buying that home for my bride to having my wife carry us for months on end while I worked at rebuilding our business. My business partner and I at that time did the only thing we knew how to do. We worked. We worked tirelessly. We worked seven days a week, sometimes for 18 hours a day. And we never quite made it back to the original peaks, but we did rise from those ashes. And about three years after, I was able to exit that business with some measure of pride that we didn't quit. We found a way and we persevered. And I sold my partnership stake in that business. And I'm happy to know that my former business partner is running that business to this day. And the reason I share this story is this. In life, you're going to make plans to pursue your goals on whatever you define as success. But I want you to know there, you know, there's going to be times, right, that you'll take those risks and you're going to fail. 
and the failure at times will seem impossible to overcome. It will take you to the bottom of the darkest ocean and the pressure of that place will feel unbearable. And I want you to know that when you get there, and maybe you're listening to this episode right now and you are there, I want you to know that you will be okay. In my darkest moments, there was a scripture that a dear friend who has now passed away, and God bless you and rest in peace, Hector. But he shared with me Jeremiah 29, 11. It reads, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. For several months, almost years, I struggled to see that hope or a better future. But I kept pushing, I kept trying, I kept going. Guys, when I recorded the first six episodes of the Trailblazers podcast, I didn't ask a question to get this response. But I heard each and every one of those guests share the exact same words. Keep pushing, keep trying, just keep going. Go ahead and listen to them. You'll hear it. I realized that one of the most fundamental beliefs of trailblazers are that we don't back down. We don't quit when the going gets tough. We have this sick, twisted belief deep down inside that, you know, we're not going to lay down for the count. We're going to get back up and punch you in the face. And after I sold that business, I experienced five years of entrepreneurial creative silence until I founded this podcast last February. And those years were needed. They were needed for me to be able to prepare, to educate myself, to find my purpose, and to focus on my hope and future. I became a father twice in that silent season. And I have the blessing of a seven-year-old, almost seven-year-old, and almost three-year-old. And despite the experiences of my past and all my failures, I learned that my location was not my destination. And the other part of the wisdom in this testimony of mine is that you need people in your life that aren't going to flake on you, right? You need those people who can provide you somewhere to anchor yourself when those waves get rough and you've lost sight of where you should be headed. And I'm not saying you need to be married. You know, I'm blessed to have Kristen as my rock and my anchor. And there are other key people, you know, among my friends and my family members who remain by my side whenever those times do show up. But hear my closing cry to you, you know, trailblazers, whether you're young or you're old, up until I was 30 years old, my definition of success was becoming a millionaire. I defined my value by the cars that I could possibly drive and the clothes I would want to wear and the things that I could do. But when everything came crashing down, all that went out the door with those dreams. What that experience taught me was that money and material things will come, but at some point they could go too. And in the end, we can't take any of that with us when our time ends on this earth. So despite what the media and society tells you, that somehow you need to show your success, and this is especially true for people in the black community, I say that's BS, and I implore you to never make money and material things your focus point, and the metric by which you define your life's accomplishment. I want you to always find a greater purpose in our cause. I want you to pursue something that has a greater sense of meaning to you. For me, that something is this podcast. It fulfills a greater meaning to raise the bar and to highlight the success stories of our black people. And I did it for an entire year, every week, before I even entertained the idea or a single thought about monetization. This is a passion. This is a purpose. This is a vision that we talked about today. And I was deliberate in doing that because I had a job, so money was an oppressing need. And I knew that the next thing I pursued as an entrepreneur needed to represent something more than the money. And it certainly has with the trailblazers.fm podcast. And I'm truly excited about the year ahead 
and welcome you guys to take this journey with me. So that's it for our first year celebration episode. Just want to go ahead and close out with a reflection on my episode 16, Sean Dove, who shared this amazing poem. Hope you enjoy. It's called Gold, and it goes like this. If ever there was a time for you to dig deep within, it is now if only you would decide and begin. Mining your soul for your buried gold is why you are here. So dig deep and be bold. It is your purpose, your life's divine mission. It is your calling. So just be still and listen. And you will hear an old soul sweet sound telling you where your gold can be found. And you would be wise to not let another moment fly by as the day will come when you will surely die. Then the question for you will resoundingly be, did you dig deep for your gold for the world to see? Mining your soul for your buried gold is why you are here. So dig deep and be bold. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tbpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers.